Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, they'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline. I write the How to Decorate blog. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Karen. I head up Ballard's branding team. We're We're your hosts. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of the show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at BallardDesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. And now, on with the show. Okay, so I am so pumped because we have been talking about doing this for a very long time. As many of you maybe are recently aware, we are opening a store this week in Nashville. And to celebrate, we have a new episode every single day this week. Five episodes. We're very excited. A lot of talking. Um, But each day, we're going to have a different Nashville designer on the show. And our very first one is Laura Thurman of Thurman Design Studio. She's based in Nashville, obviously. And um, you're known for your global aesthetic, but through a modern lens. And I wanted to... um, That was something that, you know, you kind of have on your website, but it was really kind of kicking around for me um, while I was looking through your work because um, that word modern is something that we talk about a lot, but I, I feel like every designer probably has a slightly different interpretation of what they see as being modern. And so I thought maybe that would be a good place to start. What do you see as that modern lens that you talk about, you know, all of your client space is sort of being filtered through and how does that, um, you know, sort of dovetail with the global aesthetic that you really love and that you bring from your background in LA? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. When you say modern, that means a lot of different things to different people, like depending on where you're from. But I think having my LA roots, modern for me, is just sort of the cleaner lines and maybe a slightly more relaxed modern aesthetic, not the super um, kind of spacey or (laughs) really like ultra, ultra mod. Uh, I think it's more of an approachable uh, modern aesthetic. And, you know, also I think when I think of modern, I think of that in terms of not just a style, but of like a mindset. And so people who, at least my clients who kind of gravitate to me are usually open to being a little more eclectic and being a little more expressive. A lot of them come to me with really great um, collections of travel finds, like whether they're avid art collectors or they're just global travelers. And so they have all these beautiful, almost artifacts from around the world. And so it's really like merging that with a kind of cleaner line of modern sensibility to let those cool pieces shine. Um, And then obviously comfort and function are at the foundation of every good design. But I think for me, modern just means a little more tailored, a little cleaner lines, but still very approachable and comfortable. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That sort of easy California living, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing's too buttoned up. Right. Yeah, Yeah. You can see that come through in your work for sure. Yeah. I don't want to like walk in and not feel like I can't sit down in someone's house, you know, and most of my clients Mm -hmm. don't feel that way either. Even if it's a little more elevated and elegant and maybe a little more high end still with fabrics and the type of materials you use, you can still evoke a sense of like comfort and like come in as opposed to this is stark and clean and pristine. Don't sit here, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, we all know those, right? You know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. It is off putting. Yeah. What I wanted to ask about something is front and center in um, 
I think it's even integrated into your logo, which is educate, inspire, create, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's right up there at the front. And it's interesting to me that you put the word educate first. Why is that? What are you educating people on? Like everything about design is an education. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you think about it, even just like as a designer, when I went out on my own, it was an education, right? Like I worked for design firms first before going out on my own. And unfortunately, the interior design industry can be very like tight-lipped and a little uh, exclusive and um, yeah, just insular maybe. Yeah, yeah. just like people work hard to, you know, attain a certain level and have their resources and their go-to vendors and contractors. And so there's not always a ton of sharing. And so when I went on my own, I had to really kind of figure it out like so educate so for me it's it's also how I personally feel about like my journey but also it's my job and every good designer's job to educate clients in the design process most people don't have a clue about the time the financial commitment the process like they don't they don't have a clue um but I think through the education comes the inspiration. Like I think when they see all the layers behind it, most of my clients, while they don't want to take care of it, because that's what I'm there for, they do feel inspired by that and realize, wow, like someone in this village actually wove this rug or, you know, somebody put the glaze on this beautiful pot. And so through just sort of educating about how, you know, space can be more functional, why there are certain, you know, the concept of scale, like why that's important, like I think through the education, I inspire the clients and then with, Mm -hmm. you know, educate, inspire, create. And in the end, we've created something really beautiful for them. So, and I, I've, I've over the years thought about sort of changing those three words, but they still ring true all the time, how I feel personally. And then what, what I feel like I am providing and delivering to the client It's constantly educating. I want to inspire them. And in the end, I want them to have something beautiful. Mm hmm. Well, it's important too. I think it, like you said, it gives the confidence back to your client mm-hmm. to know that right. you're going to help them along and they mm-hmm. don't have to feel stupid or, you know, like. Right. <laughs> yeah. Overwhelmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that there's probably a lot of like soul searching involved for them, you know, because, you know, if you're really going to create a home that is indicative of you, you have to know yourself and, you know, that might not necessarily be something you've thought of before, Mm -hmm. but you're sort of there asking the questions and sort of, you know, leading them down this pathway that's going to yield a space that reflects them. Yeah. I mean, just the other day, a client said to me, okay, like we kind of finished phase one and she just wanted to add on a few more things before, you know, the holidays. I'm like, okay. She's like, you know, I kind of get it. I feel like I get it now. I feel like I know where to put my foot down and when to like maybe listen to you. (laughs) Like, like she was, you know, we were just kind of walking through some of the pieces. She sort of questioned because that's also my job, right? It's to like push you. It's not to just give you exactly what you say you want. It's to expand that, like go beyond what you Mm -hmm. thought was possible. Um, Because if you could have done it on your own, why'd you hire Mm me? So, but yeah, I think there's this balance. And then there's a lot of times where clients, they don't know, like you said, Carolyn, they don't know what, they don't know what they don't know. They don't really have a style. They can maybe just point out colors that they like. And that's fine. And that's also like you're saying, soul searching. It's You have to be really good people person, right? And really be able mm-hmm. to kind of like read, read people well and ask the right questions to kind of coax them along and to get out of them what... Um, what you think they want, even if they don't know it. But it's usually a combination of seeing their existing space, what they live in now, and then going through inspiration images. And it's somewhere, 
in the middle is where you'll find what they're saying or what they're trying to say is a type of design they want to live mm-hmm. in. So you mm-hmm. just look at that thread and go, okay, here's what I'm seeing recurring in the way you're living now and what appeals to you. Mm-hmm. And then you pick up on right. that and then kind of run with it. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So like, for instance, if I love Halloween per se, <laughs> it's all orange. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, speaking mm-hmm. of Halloween colors, black. I noticed that you use black mm-hmm. a good bit, whether it's as trim or kitchen mm-hmm. cabinets. And and I've seen black a lot lately, but it's I think it's an intimidating color. How how do we not be afraid of black? Well, you have to remember most people, not I won't say all, but in my experience, most clients they gravitate towards contrast. If you are looking at photos that they show you as inspiration, like there is a color contrast happening there because it's forcing your eye to bounce around. So of course you'll get, you know, the people who are all about their monochromatic and there's a beauty in that, of course, too. But I just, for myself personally, and then for the clients that, you know, I attract, I think they embrace contrast. That's what their eye wants. And I just explain color to all clients. Like you have to see color as its own. How do I explain this? Like you have to see, okay, so black, like black is a neutral, but I try to describe like all colors as neutral. So orange, well, why is orange any different than black and white? Because orange can go with a lot of other colors. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for people to see that. That's really like my job to show them, give them a, a vision for it. But that's how I treat like color, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, black is obvious, black and white are like true neutrals in people's minds. Um, but when you pair that with other colors, it kind of tones it down or pumps it up. And so, yeah, I'm a lover of black. It just will always be, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it's on, like you said, ceiling treatment, trim, kitchen cabinet, wallpaper mm-hmm. these days have such beautiful patterns with black and shouldn't be afraid of it because ba- when it's well balanced, it just stands out and looks beautiful. It doesn't seem like, oh, black cave. Like my house feels black. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Is there, yeah. um, are there any rules around it? Like for instance, you know, we hear a lot, okay, if you have a small space, embrace it and go dark or don't be afraid mm-hmm. to go dark or maybe a basement mm-hmm. or something. It, mm-hmm. Should we stick to something like that? Or if, it, if we have a big expansive room with lots of light, is it okay to make that dark as well? Yeah, I think... I think that there are some guidelines Mm -hmm. that do ring true kind of time and time again. And like you said, with the small spaces, I do think that that's one of them. That's sort of the average consumer would not think that like, oh, this space is so small. I'm not going to paint it this dark maroon color. Well, yeah, it's just a trick of the eye to make it seem like it's more expansive. There's more space there than there is. But ultimately, I just think I encourage my clients to and I encourage myself when I'm designing for them, like, just pick what you're feeling, like, just pick what you love. Yeah. Because you always add light. You don't have a lot of light. Well, we're just going to we'll add right. it. We'll add the overhead, the ambient, the task. We'll, we'll add it. So I think you mm-hmm. should just pick the colors that you love. I mean, in my personal house, this is a, uh, we have a deep, um, like a deep, deep teal it's not black, but it's definitely like a green, blue, dark color as like the main living pretty much everywhere. And then we have white trim to kind of add some freshness there. But I mean, can't be afraid. You just have to trust your gut. If you love the color, I say you should put it wherever you want to put it. It's just so strong. I think that's the hard part is people trusting their gut, you know, because they second Mm -hmm. guess themselves. And that's why we have people like you to help us go. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, <laughs> and if you, you don't trust yourself, just trust right. me. That's exactly. okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, there was this house on in your portfolio, and I was so blown away by it because, um, and I, okay, so it's called Welcoming Modern. If you go to Laura's portfolio, they're mm-hmm. kind of each have a little title. And, um, you know, you're scrolling through the photos. It's all beautiful. It's very open and fresh. There's lots of clean lines. But then at the bo- bottom, you bury the lead and there are before photos. Oh, <laughs> yes. uh, uh, yeah. And I got to the before photos and I was like, holy moly, this. Okay, so I'm just going to describe for everyone what the before photos was because it's that it's a very it is a house that you have all seen. Some of you may have it. It is that er, late '90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the very scrolly uh, ironwork on the stairs. The um, kitchen cabinets have tons of grooves, and um, you know, I don't know. Trim, like, tr- trim is like heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it's a really, it's a lot. Um, and I think, and, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that, but in order to give it sort of that more modern look that we've been talking about, you do have to make a lot of changes, but I was blown away by how most of the changes were really in the, in the colors, the wall mm-hmm. colors, the, mm-hmm. and then the sort of, um, like furnishings, it, mm-hmm. you didn't do a ton of work to the original house. And so that mm-hmm. was why I was like, wow, how does this even, mm-hmm. anyway, so maybe you can explain to everyone how you gave this house that was looking dated, this modern <laughs> approach without, you know, undertaking a crazy amount of renovations. Yeah, that house. Ooh, yeah, it was something, <laughs> right? That's before. That yeah. I mean, and is it just like blows your mind because someone loved that? They thought that was awesome. Well, like for a long time, right? probably. <laughs> Girl, I don't know. That whole like, oh, sand, beige, brown. I don't know if that was ever awesome, in my opinion. But <laughs> I think, yeah, it was very cave like. It was. It was just like dark and like heavy. Everything had like big rolled arms and like everything was oversized. Um, so yeah, I mean, that just goes to show you the power of paint, the most, um, bang for your buck, the most money spent on any job will always be to address the color palette. And that includes a lot of different surfaces, but ultimately paint. And so that was like the biggest thing was to brighten it up. And then most of the furniture, if you look at the before and then now the after is all cleaner right? The lines are all cleaned up. It's a little more tailored. It's not so chunky, I think, and that let the airiness of the house come in. I mean, the house actually had good architectural details already, so there wasn't a lot that needed to happen there. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes you feel like you need to interject that and do more construction, but with this, we didn't. I mean, the office, the, the navy blue office, that was all wood paneling, like bad orange gold wood paneling, like the whole thing. And so we were like, and I actually love wood and the natural beauty of wood, but there's still a tonality. There's a tone right. tonality there that has to be either on or right. off. And so we, but we all just sort of said, you know, instead of stripping it and restating it, I think we just need to paint yeah. it. And it just turned out fabulous. It looked so good and cozy. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was fun tackling that project. The basement, if you, you know, you see the before photos there was totally, like totally different than what it is. Didn't even have a proper bar and the whole bit. Um, and now it does. <laughs> a huge area to lounge and hang out. So 
Yeah, that was a, it was a fun project. I noticed in your portfolio quite a few attics and basements that you've made into cool spaces, you know, somewhere where mm. it feels intentional as opposed to like where we're going to store our boxes and avoid and talk about cleaning out for the next three years. So how do you how do you do that? How do you go about <laughs> making those sort of extra spaces feel special? That's true. That's that's sort of happened in the last couple of years, this whole basement bit. Um I felt like uh, I didn't get a lot of those in, the, in originally, but I had started to get more. Obviously, it usually comes with a lot of the larger homes where the, the basement is pretty expansive and you, you need to sort of give it a purpose. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of my clients are, you know, middle-aged and really like to entertain. And so it was important to have a place to gather and drink and hang out. But comfort is huge and durability down there, right? So if you're playing pool or like bill, if you're playing billiards or you have a pool and you're walking in from the pool down there, um, like things getting wet and all that. So durability is a, is a huge factor, but just like have, having it be fun and have a good presence, like just because it's a basement, it doesn't need to feel like a basement. Like why can't it feel like a room in, on the upper level, you know, and it can, and you can do that with, you know, space planning mm-hmm. and good lighting and um, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed you are seem to be queen of the gallery <gasps> wall. Yes. And I love a good gallery wall. <laughs> yes, girl. I do. I love those things. <laughs> I love them. Well, I thought, oh, you know, you oh, go ahead, Tara. Cute. She's showing us hers at her in her own home. <laughs> See? Yeah. You just the best part to me is you really, you know curated such a fun like grouping like in one of them you had like paintbrushes mixed in with the photos Mm -hmm. and the next one you had art and fans and hats and anyway it was just like and now that wasn't all in one people these were me collecting like my notes from each one but (laughs) yeah yeah it looked so good having that little bit of 3d and that um visual depth i have yeah. the same question Taryn. i love i love i don't yeah there's just something about them they're so fun and can be so personal and unique like i do think that gallery walls that are just purely framed you know like photography art like just that can be super sophisticated and beautiful and we did do that in one of the client our client's bedroom just like a smaller a little more tailored gallery wall but that i think the one you're talking about um was actually our last house. And when you first walked in this huge gallery wall going up the stairs. Um, but I love like interjecting other things. Yeah, why not? Those are those are vintage Japanese um, calligraphy brushes that were on the wall. And why not add a fierce hat and a clock mm-hmm. and a mirror? And a, I mean, it just goes to show you like you can use a lot of what you have in your house already. And then you can just add some of those bigger special pieces to it. And I think the really only, you know, rule of thumb with a good gallery wall is just to be mindful of the spacing, that the spacing is really like consistent, even if it's different shaped items, just that you keep the space equal across the board. But I mean, the sky's the limit. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I really like them. I think they have such a good impact. They could tell a story, you know, whether it's like your about your family, about your interests, like you like to travel. So you have all kinds of cool, unique things. Or if you're really into vintage, um, it's a really like, kind of intuitive way to show your personality in your house. Yeah. And the other thing I think that is great about that, that concept of adding something three-dimensional is that you don't have to necessarily shop for more art. I mean, you can go around your house and find something, maybe it's a pot piece of pottery or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. a 
plate that you got from your grandmother or yep. whatever it is. Yep. And you can fill in the gaps of the gallery wall mm-hmm. with things that don't cost anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I even framed like fabric. Like I had just like leftover fabric samples, some of them that were really beautiful and had just really cool patterns and stuff. And I, I framed that in. Well, that's a art. nice idea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's like little yeah. baby sweater that. Um, oh yeah, girl, you know, and that. I was gonna get a, like, a little acrylic box, shadow mm-hmm. box, shadow to put box. That in, and I just think that'll be mm-hmm. a fun something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, that that all brings it back to making your house really a reflection of you, of your, of your mm-hmm. own interests and the things that bring you joy, which I, I love that when I go in people's mm-hmm. homes and there's a story behind the mm-hmm. things um, that they've hung or are decorating with. Mm-hmm. And I think family, like, especially like family photos can be kind of tricky. Um, like I think a lot of times when you're hiring a designer, you, you're wanting something a little more elevated. And so maybe just having like all these piddly little frames of family photos everywhere is not really going to achieve that look. Um, but matting them, getting mm-hmm. it looking a little chic or a nicer frame and then putting it on a gallery wall is a more kind of um, polished and kind of collected way to present it. And it's still like show you and your family, but still be a little more elegant than just, you know, a bunch of little frames resting on tables everywhere. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. on that note of, um, of, you know, breathing kind of your soul and your personality. And one of the projects that I really loved was your, was called Cherokee soul. Mm-hmm. And, um, I thought this was such a unique project that I, I think I want to encourage everyone to go check out because it really embodies what we talk about on the podcast and what you're saying, which is that your interest in your own unique personality is what should be driving the design of your house. And, you know, not everyone might find Native American art, like inspiring, um, or, you know, want to decorate around that. But there, and no matter like what the topic is of things that you like, I mean, maybe it's like, like old comic books or something. There's a way to make everything look really stylish and chic, no matter what it is. And, um, I thought you did it that so well in that Cherokee Soul project. So I was wondering if you could kind of tell people, give them the background on it. Yeah, that was like crazy cool. This client, I mean, <laughs> I thought she was Cherokee. I mean, she she was so like passionate about this culture and these people. I mean, she's just a rich Caucasian woman, but she loved like all of this stuff. And she had all these things that she had collected and she was just bold. Like she was all about showcasing like color. I mean, we have, we, we, we named the, sur- the sofa purple rain, you know, cause it's like <laughs> yeah. leather. Yeah. It, it is, is. it is like eggplant purple leather. And I mean, it was just fab. It was so fun to work with a client that was, was just willing to like go there, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and also like go there with authenticity. Like, so the art and some of the pottery that we picked and like, so if the, one of the photos there is the stairs and so mm-hmm. the, it didn't have any of that tile. It was just normal stairs on your house. Uh, P.S. I totally think stairs are like really underrated. Um, people always address them with like, you know, stair runners, which is fine. And or put a lot of attention into the hand railing. But what about like the treads themselves, mm-hmm. like the rise and the run of the stair? And so that was a place where I thought, yeah, we totally need to like interject some cool handmade, beautiful tile. And that totally like just 
zing, like instantly added this super cool flair to the space. And it's sort of the palette of the whole um, house is these tiles that you right. have on the stairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just pulled that in with the rug and the, you know, the propylene leather and um, some of the accents of blue and the dining room. It's just something about it. It just feels so soulful. Like, I mean, that's mm-hmm. how the design is in person, but obviously I might think my photographer did a really good job of capturing that. And that's a very like, you know, kind of boho, um, you know, bohemian sort of um, textile on the chairs. And then with this like super traditional, really more almost oriental traditional rug, right? But it's the color palettes and the textures and the patterns, they all just sort of blend together. Um, And you're right, it's not for everybody, but it was like... It just made me smile. I just remember meeting her and her just <laughs> being so, I mean, even her jewelry, like beautiful Indian inspired jewelry she would wear. Like she was just committed hardcore. Uh, I just loved it. It made it so fun mm-hmm. and memorable to just be like, yeah, let's do this like purple sofa and these blue chairs with it and this crazy red rug. I mean, it all, it all just came together. It was a very fun project. Well, living with a, a sofa of a color like that, is that hard? Because <laughs> I saw on your blog that mm-hmm. you're moving and it looked to me like you have mm-hmm. a red sofa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. I'm, that's what I'm sitting on right now. I still have the red sofa. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like a burgundy, like a wine, like a burgundy wine color. But again, I have that with blue accent chairs and a rug that has blue, red, cream, green, all kinds of colors in it. Like that's what I mean by don't get stuck in an item being colorful and thinking like somehow you're locked in and only white or black will go now with this purple sofa Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's not true. Like in this picture, I mean, you know, I were in this, in that Cherokee house. I mean, we added beautiful blues and whites and other shades of purple to this crazy purple rug and her walls. I mean, her walls actually were already painted like that when they came. I mean, they already had the red. Oh yeah. The red, the blue and all the brown trim. Like she had already done that. That's the first thing she said she did when they moved into that house because she wanted to like, like desert, right? Like desert Uh vibes. She wanted to like have that be like a standard in the, in the house. So yeah. So it was, it was really neat, very unique and different, but yeah, I pushed myself to not say I have this green chair and now only white or black can go Mm -hmm. with it. Cause those are only the neutral colors. I just think, no, green can go with anything. Sure. You can mm-hmm. go with purple or blue or yellow or all kinds of colors. Yeah. Do you find mm-hmm. that it helps to start with a rug that incorporates all those colors or does it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a rug junkie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can have too many samples like bursting out of the studio right now. Um, yeah. I just love rugs. I love them. They ground the space. They tell a story, you know, the, the kind of like, pre-manufactured kind have come such a long way. I think they're so much better mm-hmm. now. And then if you, you know, you can afford it and you want the quality and you really want it to last, getting something that's, you know, handmade is mm-hmm. always amazing. And to think like somebody sat there and like with a loom weaved this rug together for you yeah. for months. Month. Yeah, our hand knot rugs <laughs> you know? that we mm-hmm. sell at Ballard, same thing. Like it'll be a whole village and each mm-hmm. person in the village is working on one rug for a half mm-hmm. a year or something. And then that makes you really mm-hmm. understand 
why it's not $200. You know, it's a person's life Mm -hmm. that they've put into making Mm -hmm. this piece of art that's going to live on your floor. And it's super durable, like you said, because it is handmade Mm -hmm. and hand knotted. Um, So, but Mm -hmm. I think, and you talk about this on your site too, it sort of helps people understand and appreciate the value of items when you really understand the craftsmanship Mm -hmm. and the artisan behind them. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the videos we're like working on. I mean, it's sort of in the in the incubator stage is like to have a really good mm, more like, yeah, it's about the brand. It's about TDS, but more just about the industry as a whole and having a more sort of like evocative, emotional behind the scenes sort of video that lives on the website to get people more in touch with the fact that, like you said, like this is how somebody makes a living. Like this is how somebody feeds their family by weaving this rug together that's like in your house. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so there's so much, um, I mean, and that goes for all kinds of things, right? Like accessories and lighting and and furniture, amazing craftsmen. So just to have something that kind of helps in a visual sense, it's just explain and kind of like pull on the heartstrings Mm -hmm. to help people understand. It's not just about money with design. I mean, obviously you need some of that, (laughs) but it it is about... um, loving what you're surrounded with it being functional and beautiful and and telling Mm -hmm. the story of you and what you want people to see when they come to your home well i wanted to talk about your global aesthetic because you speak to it and it's obvious in your work and um in people's homes and how does one again do it with their adventures and the things again they've parent a world traveler so she loves to travel Mm -hmm. so go ahead Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And bring things home. <laughs> I do love to bring things home. Um, but how do you do it but not overdo it? I think it goes back to that's what the modern lens is for. It. I mean, I don't mind my home feeling like a little bit like an art gallery, but I don't want it to feel like a weird, like cheesy, cheap cultural gallery, if that makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't. I don't want it to feel like kind of contrived or like not authentic. And so I think um, there has to be like a balance, like there has to be room for the eye to rest and for like the design to kind of breathe. And so if it's just like packed, I mean, I have stuff all over from all over the world in my personal home right now, but it is balanced and paired with um, things that are newer. So if you have things that are older, blend them with things that are new. And then if you have, you know, really kind of busy, more intricate things, you need to balance that with some of the cleaner, sleeker lines. And so I think that's where like the modern lens comes in because not every, I have a few clients that whose houses really do feel like these epic (laughs) art galleries that you walk into. They're just so beautiful. But a lot of people, you know, some people may not want that. And I think how you omit that or um, still find ways to showcase some of your, you know, beautifully collected treasures is to interject that modern, like the modern sensibility is to kind of clean up the lines, give things room to breathe. Don't just like shove it all in there together. Um, I think that's what helps it to kind of not feel like too much or overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um, you know, and I think it probably, Taryn probably gets back to some of that where people have told us in the past, and I'm, I'm hopefully you'll agree, Laura, is that uh, things to be special, either group them in a group if you've got like 20 of something, or if you have one fabulous thing, you know, 
like you said, give it some air around it. Let it sort of hold a place mm -hmm. of, of honor um, somewhere mm -hmm. um, so that it, mm -hmm. it, it reflects how special you think it is. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, I think the air is, is really good. And also like scale, which is hard for people who don't have like a design background, but that is like a mega component to good quality design, be it in furniture design, design, just interior design in a home is your attention to scale. So for the average, you know, person listening, it's really about the size of something. Um, you don't want all these little piddly, littly things everywhere. That just makes it feel cluttered and kind of junky. And if everything is so small and intricate, your eye just doesn't really appreciate it. But you, it's okay to have one, you know, big urn or big sculpture or statue or something on its own and then have some of the smaller things in another place around it. Um, I do think it's the, it's a balance of scale and then the, like you said, the air, just letting some of the more special pieces breathe and stand on its own because then it forces you to look at it on its own. If it's, in it's on its own in a corner or against the wall, and there's really nothing around it. That's all you have to look at. And so your eye can really take it in and appreciate mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it's negative space. You know, right. the negative space is as important as the, and that's something, Karen, I'm sure, you know, in graphic design is like crucial. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to have negative space. Otherwise, yeah. you're, you can't look at everything at once. Yeah. 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 And I think you're right about the mm -hmm. scale. You know, when you're out there and when you're in Morocco picking up your treasures to go home, go bigger. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, always, always uh -huh. bigger. I'm, uh, I'm so a fan of yeah. bigger. Yeah, and people are uh, afraid of that. People are until afraid of that. Yeah, yeah like on the airplane in your lap. Which we've all well, done. yeah. <laughs> that just means you need to be prepared nope. to pay for some well, freight. Just, that's <laughs> true. Or just one big one. That's very of true. Two yeah. littles. Yeah. Y'all yeah. remember my basket throughout the African airport, and I couldn't get couldn't get it to fit through the <laughs> scanner, and they were laughing at me. I mean, wow. one 12 hour flight where you're miserable is not that much to pay for a lifetime of 16 hours, 16. 16 hours of a basket in your lap is worth it. Yeah. And joking. I say that because I didn't have to do it. <laughs> well, and that's the beauty of working with the designer because it's our job to have those resources. That's true. To have yeah, true. the companies that bring those gems here. You know, like one of my favorite things in our house I got um, during High Point Market in North Carolina is a vendor who has um, stuff from just all over the world. That's, that's where they find it. All just these unique, beautiful pieces. And it's like a huge, um, Moroccan pot. And I have, um, big bamboo stalks coming out of it, like right by Ooh. the front door. Oh, She's taking it. It looks great. So, yeah, you're taking us on a trip. I like, Ooh, I like that. cobwebs. Those are fake. Okay. That's for Halloween. <laughs> sure. Laura. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, you know, it's pretty, can you see? I mean, it's like, it comes up to like my rib cage <laughs> mm -hmm. and I'm six foot. So the pot is like mm -hmm. huge and like old and there's a crack in it. And that was cool. I mm -hmm. kind of wanted, I wanted it for the crack. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's stuff like that. And then it's just here in its corner. It doesn't need anything else. Like it's awesome just as it is. And you can just kind of take yeah. it in on its own, you know? What are, what are those in there that you, what did you say those things? They're just big there? bamboo, bamboo stalks. Oh, bamboo stalks. Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. They're very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. 
So, you know, I agree. Go big or go go big is always better. Yeah. <laughs> Think larger scale. Yeah, true. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. And I, I noticed that too, especially in one of your houses that was almost all neutral, one of your client spaces, you had a lot of statement lighting and it seems like that's sort of where you're going there. It's you're, you're not looking at the color palette because it's all, um, very, you know, uh, tone, yeah, neutral tonal. Um, so you have to have something that's going to be the wow statement in the room. And um, it seems like lighting was sort of one of your go-tos for yeah. that. Is that is that just because it's like, it's lighting, it's fabulous? It's that because like scale, like why? Um, yeah, lighting. Why do you? Because it was fabulous. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> the answer in my book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that house, yeah, we spent a lot of hours sourcing lighting for that house. I mean, it was like a seven plus thousand square foot house wow. and it was new construction. So we got to pick everything. So yeah, it was a lot of time and energy put into that. And then also like in the finishes. So if, if you are doing a neutral palette, you have to like diversify the textures somehow. So like in some of the chairs in the living room, like the arms were this fabulous, like hammered iron arm or like a wood detail on the arm of a chair we did with that. And then like a quartz coffee table. So it's all like in the same color, but the, the actual materials are different. Um, and that sort of was the the thinking with the lighting too, like mix the metals and crystals. And that had a definitely a, a more traditional flair than I was really used to on my own. But this was the second house I did with this client. So I knew them well. And that was what they wanted. They wanted super neutral. And then of course, towards the end, they're like, so, uh, could you come back and maybe like just, you know, swap out some of the pillows? Like it's a new, now we realize we, we do need a little color. And I'm like, yeah, I told you, so. in the beginning. <laughs> you need some mm-hmm. color. Yeah. But yeah, lighting is it. just the best. You know, if your house has no architectural d- interest, really, it's just kind of plain Jane. You need to instantly amp it up with paint, wallpaper, or lighting. Like that's mm-hmm. a quick way to to really like create some new energy and make it feel more memorable mm-hmm. because lighting mm-hmm. can just, you can look at it and be like, wow, like that is like a sculptural piece on its own. Or you can be like, wow, that is so cheap and mm-hmm. definitely from like Home Depot yeah, or something. Which, okay, I'm not knocking Home Depot. <laughs> I'm not knocking Home Depot. You know? <laughs> some of that lighting, you know, the it's from the 80s. I, we all like to bash on the 80s, but um, or 90s even. You know, it's so decade specific, and you look at it and you're like, oh, I know when this room was done because of that. You know, that mm-hmm. yellowy frosted pendant light, or you know, uh, yeah. you know, you know what yeah. I'm talking about. Mm. Well, and too, especially if you have kids, your kids probably aren't going to like. It mess up your right. chandelier. Right. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. if there's a ball in the house, but outside mm-hmm. of that, they're probably not going to get their grubby little fingers mm-hmm. on it. So mm-hmm. you can splurge right. there. <laughs> yeah. And I'd say be, don't be afraid to like explore with like different materials and lighting, you know, like we all know they have like the standard chandelier is like wood or metal, but there are so many other, you know, that has rope or paper, Beats. like in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in ours, can you see, Oh yeah, these are Japanese, oh, yeah. Japanese paper lanterns and we just hung three three of them and so like you know just don't be afraid to do something different there because it Mm -hmm. I think more as the years go on and as design gets even better and better I really do think lighting has become so much more sculptural and a a piece of art in and of itself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well the other thing you said about zhuzhing up a space uh you said lighting and Mm -hmm. then paint and wallpaper I had a question about Mm -hmm. sort of the paint wallpaper thing because I did notice Mm -hmm. that 
Mm-hmm. You don't seem to be afraid of an accent wall. Right? Yeah. I'm down with People an accent are a little wall, afraid right? of an accent wall. Like it can go tacky or it can be really reminiscent of some bad decorating decisions. How do you how do you manage that? <laughs> well, I think that if you do the accent wall, you, you need to like really, really design the accent wall. Like don't have it be like the wall and like one console in the mirror. No, no. Like you need to design the the wall that is the pop of color like that's so funny you mentioned that because I were in the process of a kind of designing my husband's office at the at the house upstairs and it's a smaller space and he we did the whole like single color everywhere we did a blue in the last house and I'm just like how can I just do something different you know and I'm like okay he's not as adventurous as me he can't do the wallpaper thing he might get tired of it eventually or whatever I'm like okay an accent wall and why was I actually thinking of doing black okay there you go all of it comes together (laughs) so like yeah yeah, I was like but Mm -hmm. on that but on that accent wall is going to be like two big bookcases and a little love seat in the middle and some of his cool like you know baseball memorabilia art stuff so I just think that the the accent wall it it gets a bad rap doesn't it it does sometimes I just think Mm -hmm. it's also about the colors that are around the accent Mm -hmm. wall it's not just like, mm-hmm. let's just stop the accent wall. No, no. It's like, well, what? Yeah. You know, like in his office right now, it's all this, you know, the standard beigey mm-hmm. gray. So I'm not going to just like throw up the black with that. No, I don't think that that was really going to work. So if I said, if, I go, if we're going to do an accent, a deep, like a black green or a solid black, we probably need to paint the rest of the walls white, like something crisper okay. to counteract that darker wall. So I think that's the trick is you can't just like throw up the wall and then not really finish it. You have to finish yeah. decorating and designing in front of the wall and then be cognizant of what other colors are on the three other, you know, surrounding walls. Yeah. Like really pull the thread through instead of just mm-hmm. using yeah. it as a, te- I think sometimes people use the accent wall as a tester. They're like, no, yeah. they're not, <laughs> right. they're yeah, you're not committed. Bold enough. Yeah. You're yeah. not committed. Right. Yeah. You yeah. just have to, com- you just have to commit. That'd yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love a good ceiling paint color. Like, any 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 time there's an option uh, opportunity for that I'm all about it a wallpaper on the ceiling or a cool unique color on the ceiling yeah mm-hmm. I really want a wallpaper my powder room ceiling I just haven't gotten around to it do it I have a powder room my best powder rooms should be this like design jewel mm-hmm. box it should be you know it's the one room all your guests will use you'll probably use it too but that's what I I always like. I push clients to go like just pick a crazy pattern it doesn't matter how big or small the scale like just yeah. go for it like it's such a small right. space you can invest in you know really good quality paper because it's small so you won't need that much of it um yeah everything in there life fixtures the mirrors the countertop I think people should to just put some good energy into making their pattern room fabulous because and it's a good place to experiment it's not a large room so if you do hate it or if you, you know, are kind of tired, yeah, tired of it. It's not and you're not the in there very often. Smaller. So it's not like no, you're in your right, living right. room, you know, every hour of the day or your home office or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you dip into mm-hmm. it, it's like, you know, having a fabulous evening gown. You only wear it, you know, That's I wear right. mine every mm-hmm. week, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're wearing it right now. For your, for your, Zoom, for your Zoom calls. <laughs> for your Zoom calls. Yeah. <laughs> So Amelia writes and says, hello, beautiful ladies of Ballard. Hello. <laughs> hello. 
<laughs> Caroline, Taryn, and Karen, just say I love your podcast would be a gross understatement. <laughs> Obsessed would be a more accurate description. Since discovering it last month, I have been binge listening. My husband thinks I'm crazy. How it took me so long to find the podcast is beyond me. I have been a lover of all things designed since I was little and a lover and customer of Ballard for many, many years. And you will see in her photos. Hello, there's, Ballard. There's Good. a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> you, are, you all have seriously kept me sane since I am now home full-time due to COVID with my boys who are two and a half and one and a half. And a fun, crazy fact is that they are born exactly 366 wow. days. Apart. Amelia. So oh, girl. So the fact that she has clean, very tidy mm-hmm. photos yeah. should be full yeah. of thoughts, yeah. right? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyhow, since listening to you and becoming inspired by the podcast, I have been wanting to change up my space a little and would love your opinions and help with my foyer. We live in Greenville, South Carolina. My home is newer construction and is an open concept with mostly blues and greens throughout the main living area. I hope to have more of less of an open concept with our next home. It's hard to keep it looking nice when you can see everything. Mm -hmm. My husband recently opened a pediatric dental office and we have leftover paint from the office in colors that we picked out and love. Wedgwood gray and hail navy, both by Benjamin Moore. My question is, should I paint just the wall behind the entry table or the entire foyer the same color? Which color would you think would look better? I have attached a photo of his office with the colors for reference. Since the home is open concept, I have included photos of the other rooms that can be seen from the foyer and vice versa. I think it is important to note that our home is on the smaller side and that our downstairs is around 900 square feet total. The only other room not pictured downstairs is the half bath and the playroom and office. Also, any other design advice for the rest of the home would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> we are definitely on a budget since my husband just opened the office, but we plan on moving in the next two years. And I want to make sure I enjoy this house to the fullest while I am here and making changes to appeal to potential buyers. Please and thank Smart you. Smart Amelia. So I'll just briefly describe. Oh. So really her only question is her entry. Should she paint it? Should she just paint one wall? Should she paint many walls? And her entry is one of those entries. You walk in the front door and then there's a lot of doors off of it. It's not necessarily a square. It looks like it might have, I don't know, six walls. It's kind of hard to tell. So it's not, you know, it's not uh, um, symmetrical or anything like that. But one of the walls is large enough that she has a chest, um, a sort of a white chest with a brown top with two buffet lamps, a round mirror over it. Um, she has a like a wrought iron pendant from Ballard, the carriage house pendant um, hanging in the middle of that foyer. <laughs> but her adjacent rooms, which she does share with us, because um, it is all very open there, are pretty neutral. The walls are neutral. Her sofas are white. She does have some little accents of um, some softer blues and some sagey greens and a little Serengeti animal print pillows on her sofas and love seats. Um, so um, that's sort of the summary of the what's going on in the other rooms. So what do you think she should do in her foyer there? Mm-hmm. I definitely think she should paint the whole thing, um, especially when you, the foyer is like the walls are almost faceted, like almost like a half circle kind of sort of thing going on. I don't think it makes sense to do just the one wall. I think she should paint that whole little foyer moment and make it feel like a true moment. And we all need a rug in front of the door, which I get. But in this case, we can't see the entire photo, but I think a big round rug would actually work Mm -hmm. here. It would take up more floor space um, and something with a pattern I think would be good. 
I think the scale of her furniture in there looks good. And so does the light fixture. Like it doesn't look too small. It looks like it's appropriately right. matched for that. Um, Do you area. have a preference on which of those blues, the Wedgwood Gray or the Hale Navy? The Hale Navy is Navy Navy. Um, and Wedgwood Gray is Blue Gray. I was thinking, what if she did the ceiling in the Wedgwood and the Navy on the walls? <gasps> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Look at her. Fine designer. Fine <laughs> designer. She's a designer now. No, I was kidding. I'm not. <laughs> yep. I agree. No, I think that's a good, that's a good call. Yeah. I mean, foyers, if you have this little, here's the thing with foyers. If you have a moment like that, where like there are almost walls all around you and you're literally walking through that to get to the next room, like make that a moment, make that something like when you first open the door, you're like, wow, look at this foyer. So I like that idea Mm -hmm. to do, to paint the lighter on the walls and then the darker on the ceiling. Then she does have, Mm -hmm. what's the protocol? Cause she has arches, um, and they don't have, you know, any molding around the arch. It's just an arch that um, goes from room to room. Does she continue the the blue color into the arch, the edge of the arch, or does she let the other room's color be in the edge of the arch? I think I would do the new color in the edge okay. of the arch, like on the inside, and then that's it. It stops okay. right there. Then on the other side of the wall, it's the rest of the house color continuing. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is, that, is there a rule yeah. around that? Is it you use the bolder color on the, in the inside edge or is it just sort of like a case by case? I think it's a case by case because when you start to do that, I mean, you're really emphasizing like that arch architectural detail in the wall, like that arch. So it depends on how pronounced you want that to be, or if you would prefer it to kind of blend and go away, it would really determine how, you know, how much of that you paint. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another shout out Amelia to Greenville, South Carolina, which is where I went to college and I have a ton of family that lives there and it is the prettiest town. So you're lucky. It's really pretty. Their downtown is yeah, very fabulous. Nice. And I would say she mentioned like if there were any other just like yes. tips. Yeah, I mean to have two young kids, she she's got quite a tidy space. I am impressed. Yes. Um, but I would say mm-hmm. keep playing with a little more pattern, like because her sofas are so solid, and then she has a lot of solid mm-hmm. pillows. Other than the little cheetah, I would. I would um, maybe, you know, swap that out for, I mean, I like the greens and the blues. I would just swap them out for pillows that have pattern mm-hmm. to them, some sort of texture. And then mm-hmm. um, the, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with the Ottomans. It, like I get the idea of the Ottoman, but it she doesn't, doesn't have a coffee entirely table, work. For those who can't yeah, see, she has two square table. Ottomans in front. She's got two sofas that are, um, you know, perpendicular to each other. And instead of a coffee table, she has two square Ottomans. And yeah. What are you putting your stuff on? Yeah, you mm-hmm. need an ottoman, like a like a decent like. To me, from the photos, like easily like a thirty six, forty inch round is always nice, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of mm-hmm. square, hard angles happening throughout all these photos. So mm-hmm. I would do that, and I yeah, love when you nice. have a really basic, um, yeah, round, and then when you have a really kind of. Uh, a little, a little more on the basic side mantle. That's a little thinner profile. Like with the trim, I love to paint the mantle, like paint it the Navy mm-hmm. or a deep green, like just paint the whole surround, the whole, everything that looks white, just paint mm-hmm. it all a color, Amelia. And I would totally that, like, like elevate that's the a great idea. a little. Also, mm-hmm. I'm craving a, a table, but where those two sofas are coming together with a lamp on it. Yes. You know, a little round table tucked between the those two in that corner there. Um, I think that would make you happy. I'm just thinking also, practically speaking, where are you setting down your cup of coffee, Amelia, or your glass of wine? Um, you know, mm-hmm. you need some 
very yes, important. Yes, you need some spots here for your for your <laughs> stuff. Um, I was also thinking, and and maybe this is a way, a place where she can um, play with some of that pattern, but um, maybe some drapes. I mean, the, I think the ones that you have in your living room are just plain white are pretty, but I was thinking in that little dining area, just trying to bring, cause you have some pretty greens um, and like spot blueies, bluey colors in this living room, but then everything over in your little dining nook is all kind of um, like you need to link those two with the color. And I feel like the, the um, some drapes or shades or something could do that. Cushions. Yeah. On her chairs or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say always, there's nothing like mother nature to like make a home feel beautiful. So even if like you don't want to maintain flowers, I see the one fig tree, then just invest in really good foes because foes have come a long way. Um, so when you do get your coffee table, like we need to see like a vase with some flowers or a potted plant or something on the dining table. Um, I'm sure because our kids are young, so she's probably keeping things out of reach. But that I think it makes um, botanicals just makes a home feel lived in when they're not there and that they're absent. It, it, it looks like it's staged. Right. It's there's some it energy like, or life that they bring. Uh, yeah. 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 So I would suggest that's a, that. That's a great observation. All right, Amelia, you're well on your way. Yes. And yeah. thank you for being our biggest fan. I'm <laughs> glad that you're enjoying the show and thank you for taking the time to send us an email. We very much appreciate yeah, you that. You have a lovely really home. Yes. yes. And, and seriously, kudos on how tidy that thing is with two little kids. Woo. I know. <laughs> Good job. All right. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being our guest today, for being our day one of Nashville week. Um, Thanks for having me. This has been fun. I'm excited to see this store here. That'll You're going nice. to love it. Can you tell everyone where to find you, follow you, see your work, all that good stuff? Okay, so our website is thermandesignstudio.com. And on Instagram, it's just at thermandesign. And then pretty much everything else, Pinterest, Facebook is thermandesign studio. So, yes, look for us there. We have a blog, we have a newsletter, we give out updates and um, good tips for things. Yeah. So, you can sign up. On Very the helpful blog. I, I highly recommend it. Lots of yes. really good practical advice. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time. Happy Happy decorating. decorating.